We have reached the point in spring training where it is time to make bold. And I mean bold predictions about the 2023 Cincinnati Reds season. Find out what they are on today's Locked on Reds. Hit it, Jeff. You are Locked on Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction to this team and to information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk some Reds with you. We encourage you, if you're listening, hit us up on Twitter or check us out on YouTube and drop a thought in our comment section. Talking Reds is what we do, and we want to talk Reds. With you, by the way, Locked On Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day, and today we've got some bold thoughts. And when we say bold, we're talking about things that aren't likely to happen, but things that could happen. That's the key thing when you're talking about bold predictions, because there's an element of there's an element that we want to draw out in you that says, no way you guys are crazy, but we're going to explain why it's not crazy that these things could happen. Plus is the world baseball classic going to save baseball? Some thoughts on that later on, but Steve, let's start off with the boldness. Let's we're, we're going boldly into that good night. And when I'm talking about bold, I'm talking about Hunter Green because I say Hunter Green is going to get 200 plus strikeouts this season. You know, this one, Jeff, I don't think is far fetched. Uh, we've got some stuff coming up here in a bit that are doozies, but this one, I, I mean, let's be realistic. If Hunter is healthy and pitches 180 innings, it's really not going to be that difficult for him to break 200 strikeouts. I think of the things we're going to talk about today, this one is the most likely to be a lock, uh, to borrow phrasing from our good buddy Mo over at ESPN 1530. Uh, this one could be a lock. This is one, too, that uh, when you look at FanDuel, this is kind of where I get the boldness from because FanDuel has his over-under strikeouts at 178.5, which <clears throat> would mean. That I'm telling you to take the over, take the over when it comes to Hunter Green and his strikeouts, because he is going to hit quite a few of them. We have seen the development of that changeup, and it was kind of like, you know, we'd seen reporting. Well, he, he had kind of split his slider into two different pitches and with the changeup really becoming part of his game here in spring training, he now technically has four pitches that he can use to get guys out. Now, the changeup's not a swing and miss type pitch. It's not going to be the one that really hikes up that strikeout rate, but it's the pitch that hitters have to keep in the back of their minds that they can't just sit on the fastball or the slider and think they know what's coming because there's going to be that changeup that has just a slight bit of different break to it than the slider does, and it's going to be slower than the fastball. This is the thing that we said he needed to take that next step and he, he has shown that he has developed it. He's taking that next step. Yeah, you know, that changeup is interesting because you're right. It's not it's not an out pitch. But it 
if you have to differentiate between that and the 102 mile an hour fastball and allow for the fact that there's two different breaking balls now, uh, it, that changeup really does change things as far as keeping hitters off balance. And I think we'll see a lot more. Yeah, right. I, I think we'll see a lot more uh, strikeouts with the fastball. I think he'll be able to sneak that four seamer in more often with guys guessing that a breaking ball or a changeup are coming and he'll just blow it by him. I, I think it really sets up the fastball nicely. Well, we start off with Hunter green and, and, and his campaign. That's going to be fantastic this year. We're actually going to come back to him here in a few minutes, but this next bowl prediction comes from Steve. Here we go. The Cincinnati reds before the season is over at some point in 2023, will start an all rookie infield they will have christian incarnacion strand at first they will have matt mcclain at second they will have ellie de la cruz at third uh, at shortstop at shortstop and spencer <laughs> steer at third base to make an all rookie infield in 2023 i thought you were about to come with a bold prediction wrapped inside a bold prediction and then no 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 was just I, gonna be I, a- no, I miss I misspoke. Here's how I see it happening, Jeff. Uh, I foresee that by the end of May, I've said all along that I thought Memorial Day will be when we see Ellie De La Cruz make his big league debut. Long holiday weekend, ballpark will be packed. It's the right time, I think. I think that's what the Reds will do. Uh, I would imagine somewhere after the All Star break, say by the end of July, we'll see Matt McClain make his debut for the Reds, and then for CES. And only because of the roster complications. This assumes that everybody stays healthy all year. There's some assumptions here. But because of the roster complications, I predict that CES will be a September call-up. He'll get a cup of coffee at the end of the season. And then that's when we'll see uh, the all-rookie infield for the Reds. And this is an important distinction as well because a couple of different things have to happen. Tyler Stevenson has to be behind the plate for this. You have to have Jonathan India at the DH spot, and you have to have an off day for Joey Votto, as well as having these guys in the major leagues. So that's where the boldness comes in. You're talking about a lot of different factors that have to go into play here. I could see that happening. I feel like the Reds have been trying to prepare us for this throughout spring training, but I do think the idea of Matt McClain, because I wonder, like you have said, once he goes down to AAA to begin this season, how much time is he going to spend playing second base? How much time is he going to spend playing the outfield? And when he gets called up, are they going to want to move him around or say, no, the one position you have is whatever that position is? Because right now, that's a little bit hard to predict. So there's lots of moving pieces here. And as much as we have talked about the Reds embracing the youth movement, and it only seems like a natural you know, transition to say, yes, at some point the Reds will start an all-rookie infield, I don't think it's as elementary as people think. No, and uh, you, know, you mentioned a lot of moving parts, Jeff. And speaking of moving parts, uh, you've got another bold prediction on this list that uh, will involve some moving parts. It's going to involve a lot of moving bases, base running. We are going to see two, not one, but two Reds players steal 20 or more bags. Now, the first couple of things we talked about might not necessarily seem that bold, but come back with me through a history lesson here because the last time that the Reds did this was in 2018. Billy Hamilton stole 34 bags. And Jose Peraza, remember him, stole 23 
bags. And ever since then, I think the most that anybody's stolen was 14. And I think that was Nick Senzel in his rookie season. We keep coming back to Nick Senzel Stanley bases. He's not going to be one of those guys that steals 20 or more bags. I'm looking at Jonathan India, who in his rookie season stole 12 bags. But I think this is him really buying into the player that he was becoming in his rookie season before he decided he needed to become a power hitter. And then I think that Will Benson will be the other 20-plus steal guy. There's plenty of team speed here. We're talking about a couple of different guys that could do this if they get enough playing time. But I think the two most likely candidates to hit this bold prediction of two Reds players having 20 or more steals are going to be Jonathan India and Will Benson. That's interesting. So uh, it sounds like you're assuming that Will Benson is not going to end up in a straight platoon. Sounds like you're uh, backdoor predicting that he's going to be the primary center fielder for this team in 2023. I believe I, I can see that happening. I think that this is going to be a year and we talk about David Bell wanting to tinker a lot. And I think in the beginning, he may alleviate the burden of having a hit against right-handed and left-handed pitching. But I think early on, he's going to test him. And I think Will Benson's going to pass that test. I basically believe that whatever the Reds put in front of Will Benson this year, he is going to devour it, and I cannot wait to watch it. Well, listen, these things aren't likely to happen, Jeff. Uh, some of them are more likely than others. Hunter Green, I think you're right about the stolen bases as well, at least for Jonathan India, because uh, he definitely is moving a whole lot quicker. He's uh, a whole lot more nimble than he was last year. And if his health remains, uh, I think you're right about that one as well. Uh, the other ones, we're just going to have to wait and see uh, what happens. Coming up, how many All-Stars will the Reds have in 2023? Uh, I'm going to tell you about at least three and where they'll come from. And guess what? They play the same position. But before we get into that, I want to talk to you about one of the sponsors of today's podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. We are eight days away from opening day when the Cincinnati Woo! Reds will defeat the Pittsburgh Pirates at Great American Ballpark on March 30th. I'm calling it right now. It will be an opening day win. And if you want to get in on that action, you need to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers to FanDuel will get a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's right. You're going to get bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So there's actually no risk at all. Uh, if you're interested in some long-term bets, you can throw some money down on the Reds to win 80 or more games in 2023. That's at plus 1100 some significant odds for you right there. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. You can make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book of locked on. And now that sports betting is legal in Ohio and locked on has put together the perfect show to help both new and seasoned gamblers download and subscribe to the locked on bets podcast for daily picks and analysis. It's available wherever you get your podcasts, just like locked on reds. All right, coming up tomorrow, I am flying solo. Jeff is away and I am going to play. I am going to be digging through and looking at the roster battles that continue to rage as spring training comes to an end. I'll have that for you in tomorrow's episode. 
All right, Jeff, let's dig into a few more of these bold, and I do mean bold predictions. Now, uh, as much as some of the predictions in the first segment were at least uh, plausible, uh, we're going to go off to we're going to go off in left field here a little bit uh, and make some bolder. If, if you will, Even predictions more for bold. more bold. Exactly. So I'm going to start this off. Uh, we talked about all-stars and who will be all-stars on this team. And I didn't go through all of the positions, but I am going to call it right now that all three of the big three starting pitchers, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft, will be all-stars in 2023. I think these three guys are going to push each other all season long. I think that, you know, Nick's going to build off of what he sees Hunter do. Graham Ashcraft's going to come up behind and see what those two guys have done. That is a nightmare to face in a three-game series, Green, Lodolo, and Ashcraft. And I think they're going to have tremendous success. And I think they're going to parlay that into Cincinnati's one, two, three all-star selections. I have always found pitching all-star selections to mean a little bit more than the position because fans don't vote on starting pitching fans don't vote on relief pitching that is more on you know their peers players coaches all this other stuff the people that watch them play every day so if this were to happen that would be absolutely phenomenal because you're not just talking about a popularity contest at that point the toughest thing with this for me is Graham Ashcraft and it's just because of his style of pitching it's not flashy it is not the type of you know grabbing the numbers getting all of the strikeouts and and just absolutely soaring the k per nine and all this other stuff through the roof he is about efficiency he's about get on or he's about get on that mound get off that mound and get our lineup back out on the field which I love that style of pitching for the Reds but for him individually I I always kind of look at that and I say, I wonder if he will ever be like a dark horse. Like right now we're looking at Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo as dark horses for the Cy Young. I don't even know that it's it, it, for the most optimistic Reds fan in the existence right now. I really don't even know that I can go that far with Graham Ashcraft. He's a good pitcher, but I, I wonder about that a little bit. However, could he catch fire in the first half of the season? Absolutely. And it's going to be about, you know, how healthy can these guys stay? Because part of this is, yes, let's take a, for, let's take a big step forward this year, but also let's stay healthy this year and not have those injuries that were they time management? Were they not time management? You know, what, what were they last year? I think we all kind of thought they were time management, but I, I think overall I would give this a 15% chance of happening. All right, I'll, I'll accept that. And listen, I want to tell you why I went ahead and included Ashcraft on this list. I do truly believe he's going to benefit from having those two guys pitch in front of him. I think yeah. that's going to make him a better pitcher. The other piece of this is that Graham Ashcraft has been working very closely with Derek Johnson. We know we heard Graham the other day talk about this. You know, we had that cut on the show where he's been working on his mechanics. Uh, they did feel that they identified some holes in what he was doing that allowed things to get away from him. So when you take all that into account, I think he's going to be better than he was last year. I think he's going to be, you know, if not more dominant, more consistent in getting guys out. And, you know, I'm not ready to declare him a candidate for the Cy Young, but if we're talking about some of the best pitchers in the National League to make an appearance at the All-Star game, I think he can pitch his way into that conversation. But this is where we 
begin our conversation with the ultimate optimism of could the Reds hit that plus 1100 for 80 or more wins. It starts with these three because these are the guys that will drive the engine. I know that, you know, we love Jonathan India and we love Tyler Stevenson and we, we would absolutely just be floored if Joey Votto follows through on our comeback player of the year prediction. And, and if Ellie De La Cruz comes up and has a rookie of the year campaign, but it begins with these three guys, we saw it. And, and we'll talk about the world baseball classic in a minute, but we saw it in the world baseball classic. You see it every year in the playoffs. Pitching is keen. And if you can have the best pitching around, that's what's going to take you far. So the reds are far more likely to win more games three to two than they are six to five or five to four. And that starts uh, with these three guys. I, I would love to see them get recognized that way. That, that would be, that would be amazing. Well, and, and you're correct. It starts with those guys, but to win those games three to two, uh, the back end of the bullpen is going to be important, Jeff. And I see here that you have a bold prediction uh, concerning the back end of the bullpen. Yes. And this is, I'd say there's actually probably a better shot. And this is why it's a bold prediction. In fact, this might be a spicy bold prediction. We might've put a little bit of like Frank's red hot on this one because the Reds in the history of their franchise have had very few relief pitchers do what I say that Alexis Diaz is going to do this season in a bold sense. He's going to save at least 40 games. And we're talking about a statistic that is a bit interesting. You and I poo-poo it quite a bit, but it's a number that we've not seen, but only a handful of times in the history of the statistic for the Cincinnati Reds. We're talking about Jeff Brantley got 44. Uh, I believe, did Coco get 41? I think Coco Cordero. That sounds had right. I think so. Yeah. That sounds recent here. That sounds like the most recent one, I think. But there's not that many you can point to. I think John Franco had 40 and things like that. So it's a very elite class. And you're even talking about the Reds haven't had a guy get 35 or, or more since a role as Chapman in 2013. This is something that is going to be difficult to do, but David Bell knows who he can trust in this bullpen. And he knows that it begins with Alexis Diaz because he's healthy and he's a stud and he can pitch very well. So if he is going to have him saved for the ninth inning and we're in like a one to two, one, two, three run situation, then it's going to be Alexis Diaz and he's going to convert those saves more often than not, I don't think I'd go as bold to say as he won't blow a save all year, but I'll go as bold to say is that he will save 40 or more games this year. And to be clear, he'll save 40 games for the Reds. He's going to be the here Reds, all yes. year. <laughs> He's going to be here all season because, as you know, uh, speculation abounds about Alexis Diaz being traded with the New York Mets being number one on that list. I will say Nick Crawl said uh, in an interview that the Mets have not called. They haven't called at all. And, and John Heyman is really going deep on this in the New York post and saying that, well, the Mets should absolutely go get him. Well, you know what they got to start with. We've talked about this before. It starts with Brett Beatty and then we'll, we'll talk more from there. And I don't think that the Mets continue that conversation. So I look at this and I say, bold prediction reds get 40 or more saves from Alexis Diaz lock. He's not being traded. Okay. I will accept that. And if he's here all season, he could be in the conversation for 40 saves. Uh, I really hope that David Bell uses him as more of a, a 
fire stopper than just a ninth inning closer, but we'll see how that plans out pans out a uh, big problem right now is uh, it's still not clear who the other guys are. So I think as far as usage of Alexis Diaz, we're going to have to wait a few more days and see exactly uh, how this roster pans out. And if Alexis Diaz is going to have to fight guys like say Hunter Strickland for being in the game in the ninth inning. Oh my gosh. If, if the rationale like, uh, yeah, that's one of those that you, we, mm. You know what? That's a that's a different discussion. <laughs> I triggered for a you. Different that was day. great. <laughs> that's a different discussion for a different day. We'll we'll get into that later because we got to talk about the World Baseball Classic because the World Baseball Classic may be the thing that saves for those of you that think baseball needs saving, saves baseball. I'll explain why coming up next. Before I talk about that, though, I want to tell you about the Ultimate GM. We are so excited about our partnership with the Ultimate GM app it is an app you can download on your phone whether through the app store or the google play store and it is free to play and you can get a 100 bonus on your team's you know finances and things like that when you start your dynasty and you go into the game store and you type in the promo code locked on this game is so addictive you don't even need internet connection to play it and we've currently got a little bit of a uh, competition going between our locked on hosts and actually, right now, our Guardians guy, no surprise, is the one at the top. I feel like the Guardians front office is usually the, the team that really everybody envies their front office. And go figure, our Locked On Guardians host, Jeff, is, is kicking some butt in this game. I got I to gotta, I gotta do some catching up with him. But when you download the Ultimate GM app, I'm talking about a game where you control everything that a baseball front office controls. You trade players, you can sign players, draft players. You can literally sign international free agents. You can set ticket prices. I mean, all this different stuff that you can do on the Ultimate GM app. Download it today. You can even go to uh, probaseballgm.com or scan the QR code right here if you're watching on YouTube or download it from the App Store or the Google Play Store. And like I mentioned, when you start your franchise, go into the the, the in-game store and type the promo code locked on for a 100% free boost to your franchise. Ultimate baseball GM start your dynasty today. Want to let you know that you can follow the podcast on your favorite podcast app that you listen to podcast on, or you can follow us right here on YouTube. Make sure you click that bell to get notified whenever we've got new content for you. As well, as we go through the season, we will have some different live pregame shows that we have planned for you. I know that we uh, finished up our Aloha Fridays last week. Those will return uh, after the season is over, but during the season, we'll have some live pregame stuff for you and plenty more content where the Reds are concerned. When we've got breaking news, we're going to be here for you because we are locked on Reds every single day. Plus, you can follow us on Twitter whenever we're not having episodes. You can uh, follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs, and you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. You know, Steve, uh, last night the World Baseball Classic wrapped up and Japan beat the United States 3-2 to two to take the championship. What a game. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And it couldn't have come down to a better moment when you have Shohei Otani pitching to Mike Trout for the game. And it was just so many different things that were happening in this one particular game 
But overall, kind of like you said, the quote belongs to the manager of Mexico. The quote of the tournament belongs to Benji Gill. Yeah, Benji Gill said that uh, following Mexico's loss to Japan, Benji Gill said uh, Mexico, or sorry, he said that Japan has advanced, but baseball has won. And I think that that could not be uh, any better stated uh you look at this tournament and i think not only has it captured the imagination and the attention of the fans worldwide uh, but the people that it really needed to convince the guys that write the paychecks are yeah. all slowly being persuaded to be on board i think that baseball uh found themselves with a moneymaker that they didn't necessarily think was going to be a moneymaker if you look at the attendance for some of the games out in arizona and in miami uh, there were a lot of fans in the stands for these games and i think that you know at the end of the day the money talks, Jeff, and yeah. I think that Major League Baseball will now take a hard look at the World Baseball Championship and find a way to continue to grow it. And because by growing it in the United States, by putting the United States best pitchers in the mix, the best players in the mix, it just grows the game of baseball worldwide. Uh, I, I mean, you're absolutely right. That matchup, Otani versus Trout. I mean, it's what everybody wanted to see, and it came down to it in a one-run game in the ninth inning. It doesn't get any better than that. And it's something that I, I understand it's been gone for a few years because of the pandemic and, and, and the difficulties that you know international travel had been for the past few years. But I think that there was an element of we got to see how good this does. We got we to gotta test it out a little bit because this is a thing that really should be done later on in the season, not during spring training. I mean, Luis Sessa kind of showed one of the fallacies of that is that if you go to a team, you go to your nation's team, but you're competing for a spot on your actual employer's team, then what is more important to you? And I feel like Luis Sessa understood he needed to get back and he needed to win himself a job. So overall, I, I feel like we need to move when the tournament happens, plus repackage it. It was on Fox Sports 1 for the most part. You're talking about folks that have to have a, you know, a certain cable package to get that. Put this thing on network TV. Put it on Fox. Put it on NBC. Put it on CBS. Get it in front of people that can watch it. Like, just you, anyone can watch it. Like, I, I feel like this is the thing because there's so many folks that like to talk, like to talk about baseball's a dying sport. And when you talk about its position in society where it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago as to compared to where it is now, you got a point, but I don't think it's a dying sport in the sense that it's always going to be around. But if you want to talk about re repairing its image and repairing its popularity, the World Baseball Classic is where you start. Let's make this thing more of a featured item in the year. You know, maybe every four years you have it kind of like a World Cup because that's really where soccer is focused. Like people like their Premier League. People like their, you know, their their German teams and their MLS teams and all this other stuff. But what do people really get up for? It's the World Cup. So let's make this the World Cup of baseball because that's what it is. I've seen more than one person posting online saying that what baseball should do is every four years extend the all-star break to two weeks and play this tournament in lieu of the all-star like break. That idea. Uh, I think there will be a lot of convincing uh, of the owners to make that happen, uh, especially because of the pitching. 
but that being said, uh, that would be the biggest way to uh, take this tournament to the next level. Uh, the other effect I want to ask you about, Jeff, that this tournament may have. Uh, Major League Baseball and the commissioner, uh, that's uh, Rob Manfred Hates Baseball, has made no secret about the fact that they want to award a couple of expansion teams here in the near future. There's been some speculation that London could be one of those cities. There's been some speculation that they're willing to put a team in Mexico. Uh, and there's been some speculation that they've looked at putting a team back in Montreal, basically creating quasi national teams. I mean, obviously they would not just have all players from that locale, but it would be the only team uh, available for most of those places uh, in Canada, uh, they would have two teams with Toronto being the other. But do you see the popularity and the passion that we've witnessed from the fan bases that were following these national teams translating into support for, say, a team in Mexico City or a team in London or a team in Montreal? I think it would be far more so for Montreal or Mexico City. London seems a little bit difficult. And I, I know we've got a lot of, you know, uh, British Reds fans and, and British fans of other teams and things like that. So it could, I mean, it could be an interesting idea, but you are talking about like, all right, you're really going to mess with, you know, broadcast schedules. You're going to mess with, um, you know, what, what happens if the Reds go over to Britain? Like, are we playing at 7 p.m. Eastern time? Because then that's 2 a.m. London time. So then are we going to have a bunch of day games? That would actually be kind of cool. Um, but how does that all kind of work there for such a huge difference in, in time zones? I, I wonder a little bit about that because I think that even the NFL has toyed with this idea of expanding to Europe and has come to the conclusion that I don't think they can unless they do multiple teams and almost create a division over there. And I don't think that there's enough interest outside of really the biggest city in Britain to create multiple teams in Europe. So I find Europe to be a, a bit of a difficult place. It's always kind of ironic, right? We call it the world series, but at best you could have a team from Canada and a bunch of teams from the United States be in it. So maybe we could at least expound, expound on what that namesake should be. But I think internationally there's, there's this feeling of the world baseball classic that would be hard to replicate for 162 games every single year. You know, that's probably correct. Well, one thing's for sure though, Jeff, I think that uh, the world baseball classic now has everyone's attention. And I think that major league baseball is going to spend some time and some energy on continuing to grow that product and continue to further the game of baseball in the process. And that, is probably a good spot to go ahead and wrap up this edition of the show. That's going to do it for us on Locked on Reds today. Coming up tomorrow, I will be looking at the position battles that are still raging as the final roster spots on this 26-man roster are still up for grabs and the spring training games still matter. Thanks for making Locked on Reds your first listen. Now, for your second listen, check out the Locked on Fantasy Baseball podcast. You can win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked on Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, just like Locked on Reds, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Jeff. We're in the home stretch, man. We're we are a few days away. I'm going to be at your place here in just a few days. What can I was going to uh, 
Yeah. What can the listeners count on from us? They can count on the next time they see me, I'll be uh, have a different background altogether. They can count on us being ready for opening day. And by the way, you're going to be in person with me the next time uh, that they see me, I think. Uh, or yeah, anyway, that's coming up next week. And we're going to be ready for opening day because we are locked on Reds every single day. Did you get my room set up yet? <laughs>